father's great. You know, when you have a good dad, it means a lot. Well, here's something that's great news this morning. We don't just have a good dad. Now, I'm not talking about our earthly dad. I'm talking about we have an amazing dad, and that's God the Father. And he loves us all individually and has a great plan for us. And I want to talk this morning about that. It's great having these kids with us this morning. Uh, they're in a big remodel upstairs in room 211, and they're redoing that area because the youth and the children are going to share that facility for a season. Decide it might be better to consolidate and get our youth on this campus. Uh, we've had quite a, quite a deal with them being over at the other campus, and it's worked out fine in some regards, but we believe this is going to be a great next step for us. So we're very excited about using, using that space and making it dual uses, but making it uh, unique and distinct and exciting for both groups. And so uh, it'll be really neat. So you'll be able to see that unveil next week. Um, and I'll tell you what, we are blessed to have Pastor David and Pastor Jenny as our children and youth pastors. Now, I'm partial to Jenny. Uh, we go back a long ways. So we think a lot of each other. We got married and everything. We got rings. She talked about that earlier, you know. That's my ring she's wearing there. And you know, Pastor David, he's a gem as well. He does so much stuff behind the scenes that don't, doesn't even have to do directly with youth ministry. He does our graphics, uh, our web stuff. He helps us with all kinds of things, with the web and different things. He's just a busy guy, and we are really blessed to have them. And I'm excited to work with them on a weekly basis. Well, this morning, it's great to celebrate fathers, and I want to share a, a little story from uh, the great philosopher Bill Cosby. Uh, in his book, Fatherhood, Fatherhood uh, which I owned at one time. I couldn't find it recently, but I think it's in my office somewhere. Uh, I had read it, though. It's, it insists that Mother's Day is a much bigger deal because mothers are more organized. Mothers say to their children, now here is a list of what I want. Go get the money from your father, and you surprise me on Mother's Day. You do that for me. For Father's Day, he says he gives each of his kids $20. $20. So that they can go out and get him a present. That's $100, that's $100 in his family. He's got five kids. So they go to the store. They're looking around and they end up buying two packages of underwear. Each of which costs $5 and contain three shorts. They tear them open and each kid wraps up one pair. The sixth pair going to the Salvation Army... Therefore, on Father's Day, I'm walking around with new underwear, and my kids are walking around with $90 worth of my change in their pockets. <laughs> How many dads can relate to that? You know? The bank. Isn't that a funny video? That was a lot of fun. That's a great church in Oklahoma that put that together. Been there, and uh, great people, and what, what fun they are, and, and I appreciate them sharing that so we could use it this morning. You know, the role of father is not easy. Um, I have great kids. Uh, three of them are right here. The other one's probably serving in a nursery or helping somewhere. He might be sitting with a friend somewhere too. I don't know. But uh, I'm really proud of them. Now, our family's not perfect. You know, we have, uh, we love each other, but we have our normal disagreements. I can tell you this, that whatever decision is made with four children, somebody's going to be upset. That is just how it goes. There is never, never, never one time that, that somebody's not upset with the decision that's being made. And it's, it's, it's almost... You know, you just have to just say, well, it is what it is, and you'll have to roll with it. And so hopefully the kid who's upset will get over it. But it's 100% of the time. I don't think we've ever had. Can you ever remember one time? I don't remember one time. And they're, they're good kids. I Don't get me wrong, but they've got lots of opinions. Yeah, those don't count. Your memory don't count. Mom's memory I'll go with. Yours I won't count. You know, I'm constantly growing, and I'm trying to become a better father. And uh, I really pray for wisdom. I pray for that daily. 
Because I believe wisdom from God is important, and raising children is challenging, but it's also very rewarding. What a great thing that God's blessed us with. You know, kids, the Bible says that you're a gift from God. Did you know that? The Bible says that about you guys? It says in the book of Psalms that we are blessed as parents. In Psalm 127, 3 through 5, you can look at the screen and you'll see this. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? A fruit of the womb is, a, is, is his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. Isn't that funny? But you know what? I think we could sweep them off our doorstep. We got us all going. Six of us, I'll tell you what. We go on a bike ride. It's like a whole parade. You know, that's a big deal. So, you know, uh, this morning I've entitled this talk, Family Dynamics. Every family has them. They're unique to each family. Family dynamics are developed by our traditions, our communication styles, our behavioral patterns, our emotional inter- interdependence, and which all influence the dynamics between the family members. And this morning, we're going to examine a story filled with family dynamics. And it's a great parable that Jesus told in Luke 15. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for what you've created. You've created families. From the very beginning, you created man. And shortly after, realized it was not good for him to be alone, so you created woman. And then you gave children, Lord. And God, I thank you that you have a great plan for families. Now, Lord, sin's come into this world, and because of that, things have gotten messed up. But God, um, we want to do the best that we can as individuals to make our families great. So Lord, I pray this morning, as we talk about this father that showed such great love in this parable, Lord, this morning, these brothers who each had their own struggles that we're going to talk about, Lord, I pray that we can learn from the story that Jesus said so that we can become better people. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, this morning... Uh, our fir- my first point is this. Children, you should honor your parents. Children, you should honor your parents. There's a story of someone in the Bible here in, in Luke uh, 15 that thought that they knew more about life than, the, than his father did, this, this brother. And so right now I'm going to ask Pastor Jenny to come up here and... Um, We've got a, a friend that's going to be coming named Ollie Gator, and uh, he's going to be sharing a little bit about this story with Pastor Jenny. So uh, if you guys will all just uh, put your attention up here and listen to her. Very good. Pastor Jenny, thanks. All right. <clears throat> Are these music stands blocking the view of the stage? Can you see over them, around them? All right. Well, if you have your Bible, we're going to be one? looking at the book of Luke. Chapter 15. It's not quite sitting. Do you have your Bible or your technical advice that you're using U-Vision on? Luke chapter 15. We're going to start reading at verse 11. And Alligator is going to come out and help us with the Bible story. He's our resident alligator. Uh, He loves to help with the Bible stories. So I'm going to read the story. 
And Alligator is going to act out the story. And we're going to start reading, like I said, from the book of Luke, chapter 15, starting reading at verse 11. So I think I hear Alligator right now. Wow! Whoa, look at all those people out there. Hey, Alligator. Hello there, Jenny. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are uh, everything going all right out here? Uh, it looks like we've got it all in control. I'm going to read a Bible story. And Alligator, you yes. are going to act it out. That's right. I'm going to read a Bible story, and you're going to act it out. No. No, I'm reading, and you're acting. Oh. So I'm reading, and you're acting. No. I'm reading, and you're the actor. Oh. You're acting. I'm acting. Yes. Oh, that's right, because I'm Ali, the actor. That's right. Okay. That's correct, Mundo. Are you ready? I am so ready. It says a man had two sons. Yep. Bob and Frank. <laughs> well, it doesn't say that here, but the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. That's right. Give me your cash, old man. I'm ready to rock and roll. Well, I'm out of here, right? <laughs> Is that what he said? Well, he, he just asked for his money. Oh. His Can I have some money, please, father? <laughs> so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Oh, that was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Was he dead? No. Wow. What was he going to live on? <laughs> well, I don't know. You Maybe. can't eat dirt. I've tried it. <laughs> you tried it? Doesn't work. Wow. Nothing worse than a belly full of dirt. Yeah, I would think Worstest so. Worstest dirt meal ever. Oh. Okay, so a few days later, yes. this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. Okay, goodbye. What? Wait. What are you doing? I'm moving to a distant land. Oh, okay. Oh, these people dress funny. What? Alligator? Okay, I made it. What? They're the featherhead land. A featherhead the land, land of the featherheads. Okay, so he went to that distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. Yeah! Woohoo! Woo! Oh yeah! Alligator. I am so wild right now. Uh. I can't even tell you. Alligator. I'm the wildest of the wilder living people. <laughs> and they're pretty wild themselves. Oh. <laughs> but I'm telling you, they got nothing on me. Okay. Matter of fact, I'm so wild, I took off the hairpiece they wear. <laughs> wow, you're stepping out there. That's correct. So he wasted all his money in the wild living, and about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. Ali? My stomach hurts. <laughs> okay. Can you pass me a Big Mac, please? Uh, well, no, I can't. No? Okay, a quarter pounder will be fine. No, because there's a famine. Oh, you need a Whopper? Okay, Burger King's fine. Get me a Whopper. Uh, alligator? Yes, ma'am. There's a famine, so there's... Oh, I know what that is. Hold on. I'll be right there. You know what it is? Yes, I found it earlier. You did? Yes. Uh, Where'd that famine go? Alligator, you're making a mess. I don't know, but I, I know that it was here somewhere. Ollie? And I know this, that famines cost an arm and a leg. Okay. Yes. I don't know where in the world that famine went, but I just... Hey, excuse me. 
what was that guy doing? Are you? Uh, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I, well, well, let's see. No, I can't find it right now. Alligator of famine is where there's a drought and there's no food growing and then there's no food to eat. Oh, well, that's why I couldn't find it. Yeah. yeah. It was hidden. So it was he out was, there somewhere. He was there starving. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm starving. And he persuaded. I'm starving. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. Hire me, local farmer. Hire me. Okay. So he did, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Okay. So he but I'm so hungry, I can hardly yeah. look at the pigs. Yeah. The young... And they smell like pigs. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <Yeah. laughs> I'm sure they do smell yes. like pigs. The young man became so hungry oh. that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. I'm so hungry, I can't even drool anymore. I'm farmished. Yeah, he was so hungry, he wanted to eat the pig's food. What? He was so hungry, he wanted to eat what he was feeding the pigs. He wanted to eat the pig slop? Yes. That's pretty disgusting. I mean, I'll eat dirt, but I'm not eating no pig slop. I got to draw the line somewhere, sister. Oh. Well, he was that hungry that that's what he wanted to do. But, yes. But no one gave him anything. Well, that was a ripoff. Yeah. The pigs were eating. Yeah. That's rude to eat in front of other people. Or pigs, even. Well, you know, they're pigs, so. Well, they're rude. That's why they stink. <laughs> okay. That's why they live in a pig pen. Get it? When he finally came to his senses, he <laughs> said to himself, at, Elf? at home. At home. Even the hired servants. Even the hired servants. Have food enough to spare. Have food enough to spare. And I am dying of hunger. And I'm dying out here of hunger. I will go home to my father. I'm going to go home. And say. And eat crow because I'm hungry. <laughs> no. And say. And say. Father. Father. I have sinned against both heaven and you. Yes, I've done all that. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Oh, and I'm really bummed out. So I'm, I can't even be called your son. I'm going to tell him all that stuff, you know. Yeah. I'm serious about it. I know that's what he did. He was going to do that. And please take me on as a hired servant. Yes. Pay me money so I can eat. Well, he was just hoping that he could work for the food. Oh. Pay me food and I'll, and I'll eat. Yeah. Yes. But his father's... That's it. Is that it? I, I don't know. Is that it? Verse 14 or something? Verse 14. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Okay. That's okay. It. That's what he's going to say. You know, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He's going to tell all that to his daddy-o. Okay. That's correct, Amundo. All right. Well, that was a pretty cool story. Is it going to continue? Yeah, I think Pastor Jeff is going to finish it. Oh, well, that would be good. All right. So, okay. thanks for helping. All right. I'll see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. See you, kids. Bye-bye. Bye, kids. Bye, alligator. Wow, what a great story. We're going to learn what happened to that son. Ouch. I fell on my head. I wow. shouldn't have done that. You got to be careful back there. All right. Well, how's it going out here? All right. It's cooler out here than it is back there. I don't know why that is. Well, hey. It's a great story. A lot to learn from that. In Deuteronomy... Uh, okay, this son, 
in this story, he had a great idea. He said, he went to the dad, he said, I'm going to take my share of your money and my, your estate right now. He's all about that. But you know what? In this story, that younger son, he, he didn't honor his father and appreciate all that his father provided for him. He thought he was a genius. And he knew a better way to spend his father's money than the father did. He wanted to gratify his, gratify his own immediate desires instead of waiting for the proper time to receive his inheritance when father wasn't around anymore. Dad had a plan to give it to him when he passed on. He didn't need it anymore. But that wasn't working for this guy. He had all kinds of great plans. He thought he was going to go out there and party, live it up. Well, kids, I want you to listen to this verse. I want you to look at it on the screen. It says this in Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and mother. As the Lord your God commanded you, then you will have a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Hey, kids, did you see what that scripture said? Did you see that? When you honor your parents, you will be set to live, better set to live a full life, a good life. That's one of the Ten Commandments. That was so important that when God made ten things that he wanted everybody to know, that was one of them. And matter of fact, it's the only one with a promise, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Kids, I know you think, some of you think that you figured it out. You know, you know how the world works. You know, some of you are in middle school now. You think you're genius. You've lived your life. You know, all those elementary schools are behind you now, and now you've figured it out. Just like that younger brother thought he figured it out. He was going to party and have a great time with his inheritance. Kids, I want to talk to you about something. I want you to resist the urge to believe the Disney Channel myth. The Disney Channel myth is this, that all adults are dumb. And all parents don't know what you're doing, and they have no idea how to live life. All these shows... They spend a lot of time making the kids look like they're smart geniuses and the adults look like fumbling idiots. That is not true to life. Don't buy into that. Parents, I want to talk to you about guarding what comes into your home. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Stan, if you weren't here, had a whole message on guarding your home, setting up boundaries, setting up things to help you parent. You can control what comes into your house. You can't control what happens out in schools. You can't control what's happening in the neighborhood. But you can control what you're letting in your house, and what you're allowing your kids to watch. So I want to encourage you to look back at that sermon. Honoring parents is so important that it's emphasized several times in the Bible. Matter of fact, in the New Testament here, in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, it says this. Children, obey your parents as the Lord wants, because it's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command that has a promise with it. Then everything will be well with you, and you will have a long life on earth. Kids, you want to have a long life on earth? You want to make less mistakes in life that are going to put you in danger? Listen to your moms and dads. What's the first? <clears throat> There's a lot of things that didn't go well for that younger son who took off. What happened? It said, in, in verses 13b through 14, it says, There he, he wasted all his money on wild living. He lived like a wild man. And about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. So he burned through all of his dad's money, being wild, doing wild things, and he had nothing left. 
He thought he knew better than his dad. He thought he knew how to use that inheritance to have a great time, and he was going to have it last for a long time. And you read in the story, it didn't last long, and he began to starve. He got so hungry that he was looking at the pig food as if it was yummy. Can you imagine, kids, getting so hungry that dog food looks good? I mean, this is fancy dog food. This isn't your regular issue stuff. This is prime cuts in gravy. I'm taking care of the dog. Me and the dog are like this. We get along well. So I'm taking care of the dog. This is a treat that I bought. But you know, I wouldn't want to eat this. Have you ever opened up dog food and smelled it? It stinks. It smells funny. That's how hungry that person was. That son was starving. And you know what? It's a good thing to remember in that story because in, in life, when we disobey our parents and we do things that are outside of what the Bible teaches as well and disobey God the Father, our ultimate resource, boy, we can get on a limb and get in some real trouble. And bad, we set ourselves up for bad things to happen. Things won't go well for us. There's a famous quote from Mark Twain. I know you've probably all heard it before, but it's a great one, and some of you kids may not have. Uh, Mark Twain's a famous author from the Midwest, and he wrote Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. You probably read those in school. It says, When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to 21, I was astonished how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> Kids, Proverbs 13, 18 says this, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame. I'm going to read that again. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame. And shame. Sounds familiar from that story, doesn't it? But whoever heeds correction is honored. If we honor our parents, we will be honored by listening to correction. Kids, experience is a great leader. Your mom and dad have lived a lot of experiences and pain, and they want to spare you from experiencing that same pain. They love you. They want what's best for you. When they say, hey, don't cross the street without looking both ways, they're not just making that up because it's a good idea that they just thought of that second. From experience, they've seen cars go flying by your street. They want to protect you. They want to help you. My uh, dad's favorite story that goes along these lines of, of listening to parents, uh, he used to tell it quite a bit when he was still alive, and he'd... he'd uh, we were sitting out in the backyard at the famous picnic table. We spent a lot of time back there. He'd, he'd sit back there and, and drink in the backyard, and we'd, we'd chat. And, and one day I was out there, and he had one of those really cool, uh, in my mind at that time, Zippo lighters. It was those flick ones where the lids flip open, you know, and I, was, I thought that thing was something. So I was, you know, I think I was probably seven or eight years old, and I was flicking that thing and closing it. My dad said, son, put that lighter down. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to set yourself on fire. Quit messing with that. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm all right. I'm flicking it. Flicked it the third time, and the lighter fluid squirted out of the thing, went all over my hand, shot uh, the, the flint, lit it on fire in my hand. I'm going, ah! I'm running around in circles, trying to get that off my hand, get the fire off. I didn't listen. I set myself on fire. Now, fortunately, I didn't get burned, but I could have. You know, there's an old saying that says, if you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Well, I was playing with fire. Fortunately, I got lucky enough, I got it out in time, that I didn't get burnt. But you know what? My dad was trying to help me, and I wasn't listening. 
our parents are trying to help us even in the little things. Even when we're messing with something that they're concerned about. Know that they got your best interest at heart. Well, let's talk about the father in this story. And let's talk about us as fathers. Me as a father as well. Fathers, lead with love is my second point. I want to encourage us to lead with love and not with disappointment. Let's look at this story where it continues. It says in Luke 15, verses 20 on, So he returned home to his father. So after he'd partied, squandered all his cash, he had, he had uh, you know, been starving to death, uh, looking at the pig food he was trying to get some money together to eat, and decided he'd go home and be a servant for his dad because at least he'd be fed. Returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer being will- I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. Let the party begin. This father led with love. Even when his son was still a long way off, it says, the father ran to the son, embracing him, leading with his actions with love, not with disappointment. It had been easy for his father to say in there and go, oh, that unappreciative brat. Oh, he took my money and went, well, he's on his own. I wash my hands of him, my responsibility's over. But that's not what we see here. He was preparing for his son's return. What do you do when your children are far off? That can range from being away at college or not living up to your expectations or up to God's expectations for them or making home life chaotic because of the rebellion against authority to growing up faster than they need to or a lack of appreciation for all that you do on their behalf. What do you do? The advice we receive from the parable from the lips of Jesus is to be there, to be available. The prodigal father didn't give up. He exercised patience, and he was able to wait for his son to come back to him. In verse 22, it conveys that even before the son got to ask anything of the father, when he started, just started in, he said, uh, you, know, I want, you know, I want to be your servant. He just cut him off. And he immediately conveyed his acceptance and forgiveness. It says in verse 22, but the father cut him off and he said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his fingers and sandals for his feet. He didn't even let him dwell in the, in the disappointment the son had. He didn't want to live there. He was just glad to be reconciled to his son. And in the same way, he doesn't dwell in our mistakes. God doesn't. He wants to have a relationship with us. God's that way. When we accept Jesus, the Father throws away all our sins. Listen to this verse in Micah. It says, Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You don't stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Iniquities, kids, means wicked acts. He takes those sins and he casts them, he stamps them under his feet and he boots them off into the ocean and they're gone. That's pretty cool. That's love. 
Talk about forgive and forget. How about that? God is a great heavenly father. If you got a bummer one here on earth, adults, kids, don't, don't focus on that. Focus on your heavenly father. He's an awesome one, and he's going to help you. Isn't it, you know, uh, isn't it great that he's full of compassion? Fathers, we need to be a good example. It says in Proverbs 27, the righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. That verse says, the closer we grow in our relationship with God, the better parent we will become. Leading with love calls us to be great examples for our kids. I remember in a, sitting in that same picnic table in a, the backyard with my dad another time. Uh, and I was a little older. And uh, I was talking with him about smoking. And uh, why he was smoking and how long he'd been smoking. And I said, you know, maybe I'll do that sometime. And he, he said, son, he said, do as I say, not as I do. You ever heard that before? Anybody ever heard that one before? Yeah, there's been a few of us then. Uh, you know, he said that. And I'm certain my dad's heart was in the right place, but his actions were confusing to me. And you know, smoking ended up leading to his early death. And at that point, I clearly saw in front of me what not to do. My kids are able to see what not to do because of the poor example that he ended up setting. He never did, was able to, to stop smoking. You know, now... Back then, they thought it was cool, and it was smooth, and all these weird ads were out there, so, but, uh, but it, it was sad. Look, parents, uh, fathers, we're not perfect, but we should strive to live, live godly lives and set a good example to bless our kids. That scripture talks about that blessed are his children after him. Our children are blessed when we live in right ways, so that's a great encouragement to us. We're, it doesn't call us to be perfect. But we do our best to be a blameless, to do our best. Love calls us also to discipline or correct our children so that they will learn to live in right ways and so we can take pride in their actions. Proverbs 23, 24 says this, the father of a righteous man has great joy. So the father of someone who is righteous has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. I want to be clear that this father in this story led with love, and we're called to lead with that kind of love. But leading with love requires wisdom from God. He knew that it was the right thing for that circumstance. He had been praying about it, it seems like, in that story. And he knew how to receive that son. Leading with love requires us to be forgiving, but the Bible also teaches us that leading with love also will cause us to discipline our children. Let's look at Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Also, Proverbs 23, 13 and 14 says, don't fail to correct your children. You won't kill them by being firm, and it may even save their lives. Now, parents, I believe discipline is important. I believe correction is important. But I want to encourage you to discipline your child and move on. This is something I need for me. I need to discipline my kids and then move on. We don't need to beat them over the head with our disappointment, keep bringing up past mistakes. We need to discipline and let it go. As God's example we read earlier in Micah. Let's not aggravate our kids by living, by, 
living in their mistakes. That's our young kids or our adult, if you have adult children. Don't live and stay remembering them and all your filter happening through their mistakes. See them where they are now. Let's not aggravate our kids. Uh, let's let's, uh, live, let's uh, let the past be the past. We need to build our children up and keep them from being discouraged about past mistakes. Colossians 3.21 says this, Fathers, don't aggravate your children because they'll become discouraged. Let's unpack that scripture a little bit. Don't aggravate, or some versions say exasperate your children. Here's some thoughts on that. These are things that I gathered from other people and, and things, thoughts for myself. Be consistent in discipline. If it's a problem one time, then it's a problem every time. Or it's not a problem one time, and you made it a problem, and you need to apologize. But be consistent. There's nothing more exasperating than inconsistent discipline. Be, create realistic boundaries. Some parents today are too permissive. Protect your kids. Monitor what they watch and listen to. I'm amazed in kids' church, the movies that kids see who go to church. That's on you. What are you letting into your kids? Be wise with that. And again, I point back a couple weeks ago to that sermon. And the other side of that is don't overparent. Don't overlay your mistakes that you made growing up onto your children. They're not you. Don't smother them. An example is, and this is the parable, the father in this parable. He knew his son was going to be a knucklehead. I just have a sense. He just, if somebody comes and tells you, I want all my money now, you know, you kind of know who they are. I'm guessing that father probably knew in that story that, he was, that that son was going to do some knuckleheaded stuff. But he decided he had to let him figure it out on his own that there are better ways of living. We can guide them, but ultimately our children will choose. We have to do the best we can to train them in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. But it's up to them. All we can do is do our best to show them the right way. Don't belittle them when they fail. Accept their apology and move on with life. It's important to keep positive communication open. If you want them to come to you when they fail uh, and, so that you can teach and encourage them, you, you have to make it a safe place. Don't be afraid to apologize when you're wrong. This isn't always easy. It's not weak to say you're sorry. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that. I don't like eating crow. It doesn't taste very good. But you know what? The kids are smart. They already know you're wrong. You're not telling them something they don't already know. Go admit it because it's going to build you up in their eyes. And then correct, correct parenting is a delicate balance of grace and truth. And Pastor Stan talked about grace and truth quite a bit last week. Um, but it says in, in John 1.14, Jesus was full of grace and truth. Let's reflect Jesus in our parenting. Let's have that balance of grace and truth with our kids. Kids, your parents discipline you because they love you and they want good things to come into your lives. God loves us so much that he disciplines us as well. It says here in Proverbs 3, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you, for the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as the father... Just as a father corrects, corrects a child in whom he delights. 
I was talking to my mom. She's 81 years old this year. And I uh, was chatting with her uh, last week. And we were, she was asking about the kids, and we were talking about the kids. And she said, son, you never outgrow being a parent. You're always a parent. I'm 81, and I'm still a parent. I'm still parenting. You know what? We need to honor our moms. If you're an adult, honor your mom and dad. My mom had a rough go. My dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he was there in body, but not in mind a lot. When he was in mind, he was grouchy and mean because he was drunk. She did a lot for us. She was a lot of mom and dad for us. And you know what? There's single moms here. And kids, you have a mom? She's trying to be mom and dad, some of you kids, because dad's out of the picture. Be loving to your parents and honor your mom. Honor your dad. Let them know how much you love them. If your dad's not in the picture, then treat Mother's Day like Father's Day like Mother's Day again. Give her a bonus one. Treat her well today. If your dad's here, treat him like a king. Hopefully when I get home, the kids will treat me well. We'll see what happens. I got high hopes and low expectations. But we'll see what happens. You never know. It might be great. I did get him to weed the yard. I was happy about that. But you know... Let's treat our parents well. If you're an adult, treat your mom well. Quit bickering with her. She don't need to argue with you. She's old. Leave her alone. Say, yes, mom, you're right. You're a genius. What does it hurt you? You're not living there. Love her. You know, oh, you are so smart. Why do we got to argue? Cut it out. Number three, children, bless your father with peace. I love this one. I won't spend much time on it. Because we're out of it. But I love it. Let's finish the story quickly. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. When he returned, the servants came to find out what was going on. He said, your brother's back. And your father has killed the fattened calf and we're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, uh, <clears throat> but he replied all these years, I have slaved for you. And never once refused to do a single thing you've told me to do. And in all that time, when the son, this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf? His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. A great story of redemption. Celebrate when good things happen to your brothers and sisters. Adults, kids, teenagers. We need to celebrate. Don't leave room for jealousy or resentment. Put away selfishness. And thinking about yourself and how you didn't get this or that. And rejoice in the good things that are happening to our brothers and sisters. Verse 28, he wouldn't even go in. Selfishness will ruin our relationships. If he didn't get his act together, he was going to be ruining, this older brother was going to be ruining his relationship with not only his father, but with his younger brother even further. This brother is a great example of the possibility that you can do all the right things in life and still have wrong attitudes. 
Brothers and sisters, you also need to follow this father in, the story, in this story's example and make, your, make love your starting point as a brother or sister. Don't let yourself get an attitude. Don't play gotcha. Be a peacemaker. James 3, 17 to 18 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. When jealousy or resentment creeps into your heart, don't let it set up shop. Kids, if your brother gets something and you don't, or your sister gets something and you don't, don't let it set up shop. Don't let resentment or jealousy grow in your heart. It's not going to bring anything productive. It's not going to bear anything of value in your life. Give it to God instead. There's a little phrase that I tell our kids sometimes. And it says, uh, you need to put your crazy in your pocket. I'll tell that to them. Because they'll get out of bounds on something or something will be upset or they'll be upset about something else that somebody else is getting that they're not and they'll throw a fit. Put that crazy back in your pocket. I think that's a good thing for all of us. Sometimes we all got a little bit of crazy. We all got a little bit of something there that can creep up and it's not so pretty. Keep that in your pocket and give it to God. Don't bring it out and give it to everybody else. Nobody wants your crazy. They like you to keep it. So put it in the pocket right here. Just stick it right in there. Keep it there. It's a valuable thing. Let's live in this next verse. I'm skipping down, guys, to in Philippians 4.8 as we approach each other. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let's filter people through that. Let's remember the things about them that are true and good and honorable, right, lovely, admirable. Every person has things in them. Even, you know, I can think of things in my dad. I could dwell on the negative stuff, but I could also view him through the filter of the good stuff. He was a good provider. We ate food every night. He worked hard every day. He loved us. He told us he loved us. He was verbally at that. He was good at showing love when he was sober. Live in the good things. Don't waste your life in the bad things. It's just, you just waste it. Focus on this stuff, the things that are pure, honorable, right, true, lovely, admirable, things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Don't let your insecurities personally hurt your feelings or, or hurt your relationship with others. We need to let disagreements be disagreements. You can disagree with your brother or sister, whether physical or spiritual brother and sister at church. It's okay to disagree without creating wedges between each other. You can disagree and not be disagreeable and be mean. When we live in our hearts in pain, we just end up driving others away and we need people. I'm going to close with this scripture. James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Kids, if you want to show your dad love, your mom love, honor them, obey them, be 
peacemakers, live in peace. There's nothing more beautiful for me than being home when everybody's happy, when nobody's arguing, when we're not getting interrupted with this or that because uh, they took my thing or they did this or they touched me. They threw a pillowcase towards me. You know, don't live there. Make peace. You will bless your parents and celebrate your brothers and sisters when things are going well for them. Let's pray.